Non-fungible tokens, or NFTs, are many things to many people. The good, the bad, and the ugly. But for our next guest, they're a game changer for artists. Our conversation took place at Inventures where he was a guest demoing his work. Sit back, grab your favorite means of hydration, and we're going to lift back the veil to see behind the curtains of NFTs. Welcome to Shift. But at Adventures, I'm representing Nexus First YYC, and we have a really cool NFT project called T7 NFT. That's what I want to dive yes. into right away is this the NFT stuff because you hear so much about NFTs, non fungible tokens, yep. and people are like, well, you know, it's it, there's part of part of that group of people that are like, let's just turn these things into something that's you know, a commodity, mm-hmm. and then there's other like social good and stuff coming out of that and it's all over the map I love it describe what you're doing Cowboy do so, we just call you Cowboy or Cowboy yeah, yeah Cowboy's good okay Cowboy's, yeah I mean it, like any piece of technology it depends on what you do with it right it's just like the internet there's dark web there's Pokemon there's sports betting there's all kinds of things people are doing online banking NFTs as digital assets are just another avenue for people to be creative uh, and for artists, it's a game changer because we now have smart contracts where an independent artist can get royalties from their work after the first point of sale. So for as long as the NFT exists in that specific blockchain, they'll be getting up to 10%. Most of them are about 5% royalties on every second sale. So if, they are, if their profile grows over time and they get more fans and become more of a celebrity influencer or whatever, and people start trying to resell the NFTs they bought on the cheap at the start of their career, they're still going to get these royalties um, sent as cryptocurrency. So primarily right now it's Ethereum. Oh, okay. So every time, so you create an NFT. Yeah. Uh, and, and it can be any, like, is it visual? Can it be audio? Can it can it... be audio as well, yeah. There's okay. A, there's a great uh, record label in Boston called Monster Cat. Uh, they're doing some really interesting stuff with NFT drops as MP3s, aka music. So, yep. I mean, that's not my area. I don't, I don't really have an area of expertise. I'm kind of just more of an advocate. But um, what we're doing with our NFT project is we're trying to give artists an upper hand in the space because it is still early adoption mode. Right. Um, public engagement, public education, having conversations like what we're having here at Adventures is the first piece of the puzzle. Right. So we gotta educate the public because there's a lot of esoteric jargon, it's very technical, it can be intimidating. So we try to like bridge that gap by explaining the journey that an artist is making by taking their original art pieces, minting them as NFTs, and uh, building their portfolio in the metaverse. So what's the, what's the potential revenue going to be like for for this um, in Alberta, this NFT artist, or do you know? Potential revenue is like, it's a wide open ceiling. I don't think they're, like, who would have anticipated that uh, a character named Beeple, this NFT artist out of the Carolinas, would sell something, his collection, for $69 million? I would have never predicted that. Right. Um, 
mean, that was a really specific buyer who was kind of uh, an outlaw with his funds. A billionaire guy who just bought a bunch of random NFTs at about 500000 a pop at a recent uh, tech conference in Florida. So those kind of guys, you know, they, they're one in a million, but they're early adopters and they're sort of kickstarting the financial side and potential of this NFT space, which is still very early. We're still very early in understanding what the utility can be for some of these NFTs. Another thing I'm curious about is um, at our opening ceremony, Ira Provost um, was talking about the connection between um, our Indigenous communities in Canada and and how it's going to tie into innovation. And so I was interesting, um, interested to hear from you, like how does that uh, bridge uh, look like to you and, and what are you excited for in the future? I'm a huge proponent for identity understanding. And the reason we call our project T7 NFT is because the inception story for everyone here in Calgary, Southern Alberta, the Treaty 7 region, is that treaty signing that took place in 1877 on September 22nd, around 2.37 p.m. It was kind of a cloudy day. Um, so that was, you know, what? how many years was that ago? Like 140 years ago. But that is, a, we, have, we can point to a, a point in time in history where we can say this is where it all began. This is our genesis story. And the true spirit and intent from an indigenous perspective, a perspective specifically the Blackfoot Confederacy, was that we are to now come together as one family, as one community, and support each other through difficult times. At the time, we were dealing with some very difficult situations. Two pandemics, smallpox and measles, the ecocide of the buffalo, and the potential usurpation of the territory by the Americans, the blue coats at the time who were declaring war on indigenous communities example, 1876, the Battle of the Bighorn. So going all the way back to that inception story, one thing that I don't see enough Treaty 7 people, or Treaty 6 if it's Edmonton, I don't see people owning that identity, flexing the spirit and intent of that treaty, which was, in our language, the Nestesis. In Cree, up in uh, Treaty 6, it's with Duskiwan, and it's this coming together and, you know, innovating and coming up with, like, resources, knowledge, understanding of the land and understanding of the landscape and you know projecting into the future, coming up with an alignment of intention um, that will help us carve identity and help every sector thrive. And if I can get all these tech sectors and mm-hmm. agriculture, oil and gas on that same page, that's one of my life's missions, um, we're going to do everything we can, including make NFTs. So it's a really, it's all about connection and it's about bringing people together through technology and, and tying back into your roots. I love that. I, I'm blown away with just the level of history, yeah. you know, and, and to be able to provide that sort of context, mm-hmm. you know, and talking about technology that, as you said, is really early stages and then going back like that. Um, it's it's impressive, you know. It, it really establishes a cool context. It's exciting. It is absolutely. But now, when we talk about NFTs, let's go back to that real briefly here. So, and, and Katie asked a question about the potential for for you know making money for artists. So, if I understand correctly, then the artist creates an NFT, whether that's a visual, yeah. uh, an MP3. They then put that up for sale somewhere. So I'm really ignorant with all of this stuff. Yeah, so they, sure. they put it up for sale somewhere. So yeah, the technical term for it is minting into the blockchain. So you basically, okay. it's like registering the code that's attached to the digital asset, whatever it may be. Okay. 
Okay. And there's a number of different blockchains you can choose from. Right now, the standard is Ethereum. Okay. There's other blockchains like um, the Solana blockchain. There's some cool stuff happening with Polygon. Decentraland and Sandbox are metaverse projects that actually sell digital landscapes, and they're also they've got their own built-in cryptocurrency. So it just depends on what type of project you're creating. Right now, the standard is Ethereum, and that's where all of our okay. NFT collection is on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, the whole collection of our, our 25 artists and organizations that are contributing to this is all on the OpenSea marketplace. It's available for purchase. Okay. Um, the, the standard wallet to use is called MetaMask, and you can house your NFTs and your cryptocurrency all in one spot. There are more platforms, more wallets, more companies coming out that will facilitate the complexity of what blockchain technology is providing us. Unreal. So, okay, so now the artist creates this, that that exists, that digital asset is minted. Yeah. It exists selling it on OpenSea. Mm -hmm. And then when one person buys that, yep. does the artist, let's say it's $10, does the artist get $10? First point of sale is usually a, uh, a bit higher. It's you know, it could be, I mean, it's the totality of the of the first point of sale. So the buyer now has that digital asset and they have ownership over that piece of the intellectual property. It depends on what the smart contract says. Um, they then go, a second point of sale, maybe they bought it for $1,000, they sell it for $10,000. The artist then receives an automatic royalty that is burnt into the smart contract, which is encoded in the blockchain, and they'll receive Ether, which is the cryptocurrency, right. In, in terms of what, let's say, one of our NFTs, that was the case, the artist would then receive that 5% royalty. Okay. And that goes on in, in right. perpetuity. Yeah. That's fantastic. Now, Cowboy, i got to ask, like, you're so knowledgeable with this stuff. How long ago did you get into it? I've, I've always been a fan of blockchain. Like, cryptocurrencies, I started buying um, Bitcoin from the, from the ATMs on uh, Burrard Street in Vancouver. I bought a coffee for, like, I don't know, Probably what would be worth now, like ten thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. I just want to see what is real. I did. I was the right. counter at the beginning, sure, at the beginning, yep. and I bought Bitcoin. I went to the counter. I paid for a coffee, and that coffee is probably like costing me ten grand right now. But it was hard because in early adoption mode, which we are right now for NFTs, there's so much doubt, and it creates this cognitive dissonance in you. And I, I kind of abandoned my Bitcoin obsession. I lost those Bitcoin. I don't know. Must have been. Which would be now fifty grand worth, um, but I, you know, I have to, I have to have it. I mean, it's a common story. People lose their keys and passcodes, passphrases, computers. Some guy, and that's your wallet. The, the that's digital your wallet, wallet yeah. sits on that, holds all your assets in your. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. It's just like it's similar. Like think of an e-transfer, right? Like there's no actual cash exchange there. It's digital code transferred on this ledger system that's you know owned by the banking system. It's all in the ether. It's all very ephemeral. Um, we trust it now. At one point, remember the days when no one trusted the e-transfer? Yep. Now everyone's adopted. And I think that's the same thing that's going to happen with blockchain technologies. I envision in the future, probably within 10 years, when you go to the grocery store, you have your, your cryptocurrency wallet out. And depending on how well that cryptocurrency is doing or trading on that day, you'll use the strongest out of 20 different cryptocurrencies to pay for your groceries. You know, it's interesting because I've read so many people say that NFTs are, are a trend and they're not going to last, but you're saying that this blockchain technology, NFTs, all of this is here to stay. Yeah, they said the same thing about websites too and the internet. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. He said the same thing about Pokemon. That thing became a huge hit. Um, I mean, you know, it, it, it just depends on what you do with it. I mean, everyone's going to find their own yeah. way to utilize the technology. I think the relationship between creatives, i.e. artists, as a filmmaker, um, one example I can use is Quentin Tarantino found his old handwritten script of Pulp Fiction. And he went to a, an NFT digital technologies company, worked with them, and he minted that whole collection of his original you know, dust collectors, all of these items that a lot of his fans would be interested in. Mm -hmm. And I know he sold those for tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. Good for him. I do want to talk about your work in the film industry, and I know that you're really sure. active in that. And it wasn't too long ago that I read an article that the Alberta film industry is just booming. And is that, am I just like kind of behind the times, or is this new, or like? It's been, it's been a, it's been a slow crescendo for yeah. sure. It, we've had to wait for certain legis legislation to pass, the expansion of the tax credit, um, the caps that were recently uh, improved, or actually the cap was completely lifted by uh, the recent, uh, I think it was two years ago, the cap was completely lifted from 10 million to unlimited, depending on uh, what production, which then enticed HBO, which has been shooting here, The Last of Us, for quite a while. Disney's been here. All the big streamers are coming to Alberta. I think it's because it's a tax-friendly space. Mm -hmm. The crews here are really good. Um, producers are way more savvy than they were 10 years ago. And we have a bunch of little tips and tricks that producers pull off to save money and make money in their process of um, getting it onto a platform. So, you know, in terms of the film industry and its relationship to NFTs, one thing that I definitely want, I want to give this idea away to everybody, but I would like to create an anticipatory uh, relationship with audiences, much like what a trailer does for a movie. Mm -hmm. um, share some of the content that I'm working on in the narrative space and in the you know, documentary space as well. And build in like all of these incentives and utility on the blockchain with these NFTs to incentivize people to support the project, crowdfund for the project, and use it as a marketing tool when we get to launch, the launch point or the, or the premiere of the film. Wow, that's that is cool. Wicked. You know, a, a thing that really strikes me is, and we've talked about the words uh, early adopter, mm -hmm. uh, you know, entrepreneur, obviously. Yeah. What do you think, what about you makes you an early adopter and an entrepreneur if you had to define those things? I think just having, you know, the sort of bravery to dive into it without having any capacity in the space. I didn't know anything about NFTs 15 months ago. And when I saw that sale for that $69 million people, I was like, okay, there's something here. I still don't quite understand it. It's still very um, foreign to me. Mm -hmm. I understand. I understood. It took me about 10 years to figure out cryptocurrency and that blockchain technology. Now with NFTs, I see that there's an opportunity for everyone, including, like, let's let's say, the restaurant industry, for as an example. They can create NFTs that are like passes, dinner for two or whatever, menus, do all kinds of things to incentivize people to come to their restaurant, and then they walk away with a digital asset that's you know, attached to some broader project or some broader network. That's just a really rough example. Um, tech, tech companies are gonna be coming up with a bunch of different use cases that we're not talking about today. And, and of course, you know, the artist, the person who makes beautiful art and paints, they can then um, you know, sort of live off their art and maybe get rid of that day job 
the dreaded day job and just do <laughs> right. the art. That's the dream of every yeah. artist. And if you have an artist that you really love and you know that they're creating NFTs, get your MetaMask wallet, get your cryptocurrency and start supporting them. That's the primary function. It's community for us in this project. It's helping these artists understand the technology, but also helping the general public, civic engagement, public engagement, mm. and public education, because it is a bit of a steep learning curve, but a lot of the skills we have in everyday life are transferable to this space. You're a great model for it, though. You know, saying 15 months, you didn't know anything about NFTs. Now, granted, you had some experience with blockchain, which helps, Yeah, <laughs> but to get to the level you're at now and understanding and being able to explain it in such an articulate way is blowing me away, because I've had other people explaining NFTs to me, and maybe it's I take three or four times and, you know, I might not be the sharpest knife in the drawer when it comes to this, but you've explained it in such a way that I'm like, I think I get it. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. So if, if people want to learn more about the work you're doing, where can they go to? Is there a URL that they can check yeah, out? Yeah, for sure. I mean, our community website is nexusversyyc.org. Um, you can see the profiles of all the artists there. You have a direct link to our virtual reality. We have a VR gallery where you can throw on the Oculus headset and walk around and be in a three-dimensional space and check out all the art pieces. They're all linked to OpenSea. You can click on them and it takes you directly to the marketplace. So if you have your MetaMask wallet ready to go on your desktop and there's a piece you like, it's available for you immediately to buy buy it right away. So before we wrap up, um, you were speaking at Inventures. So what is your session on? We're talking about community. Building community in the space, using this technology to create awareness, to, you know, Create capacity within the public because there's, you know, blank. I've been looking at blank faces for the last four months on this project, and people just trying to understand what blockchain is, understand mm-hmm. what cryptocurrency is. And then when you add on top of that confusion, NFTs, it just exacerbates the confusion. So we try to create a tangible example through the journey that these artists are taking by taking their portfolios to the metaverse as NFTs. That's awesome. It's tricky, but we're trying. And then, what is next for you? Uh, for me, for me, I'm taking a break after this. <laughs> yes. I'm finally going to take a break this summer. I've been working on all kinds of video projects. I'm still doing filmmaking full time. I'm a community advocate for the arts community. I was one of the curators for the Chinook Blast Winter Festival. That was awesome and fun. And uh, take a little bit of a break, and then we're uh, hosting the Canadian Country Music Awards. I'm on the host committee. We're doing some really great, great live concerts. We're hoping oh, cool. to do something in the metaverse that's still in the works. And of course, I'm always going to advocate for NFT engagement because I think the sooner we get ahead of that curve, the more advantage our economy in Alberta will have over other areas of the the globe, specifically Canada. Cowboy, you're an inspiration. I'm blown away. I loved this conversation. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yes. I appreciate it. Thank you. Shift can be found online at shift.albertainnovates.ca or email us at shift at albertainnovates.ca. On behalf of everyone here, I'm John. Until next time, have a great day.